0: Hey, welcome today. You are going to experience all things. I say words wrong. We sneeze at some point. Like, just hold on tight, okay? It's it's madness. I can't even tell you what I can always tell you is that it's going to be real. <laughs> okay, but today, real talk, we are talking about soul loss and how we can start to heal from this death of a dream moment um, once we start to acknowledge that it really is is soul work, right? The fracturing of our soul, the, the re-piecing it back together and more than anything, recalling that energy back. We can't just let that piece of our soul break off and die forever, right? We have to bring it back. We deserve that energy. We deserve that feed. So let's go. Hey, welcome to the death of a dream podcast. You know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine, feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough that I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny and now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that i could have never expected starting this a year ago starting to just show up and ask questions and if you want to start all the way back in season one you can start there If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep Growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. And we're so grateful that you're here. Hey, welcome here. It's so great to have you. I am feeling it. Okay. I feel your energy. I feel it returning to me as you've listened to this. And I just know that if. You are here there's something meant for you in this message so hold on tight let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness today my greatness really has been just taking time to stop stop myself this is a very overwhelming point in the year for me it's really hard for me to control myself um, in December, November periods of time, there are a lot of triggers in there. There are a lot of like childhood memories and things that go along with this timeline. Um, and some of them are good. Some of them are bad, but most of them, regardless of good or bad, right? Cause we don't even have that. Most of them are triggering, And super hard for me to process, hard for me to understand and acknowledge and just like slow myself down when I get triggered. And so I really felt myself kind of like spinning off the tracks this weekend. And luckily, my husband has gotten better at recognizing those moments and helping to like call me back or help me to like control in those times and I think you know that takes a lot of vulnerability acceptance on his part that hey guess what sorry you didn't marry the perfect person oh I know none of us did it's very unfortunate but, you know, continuing to have that conversation, making sure that he's aware that this is a triggering time for me, that it's hard for me to to take control and really own um, these moments. And when he's clued into that, he can help me through those moments and not allow me to continue spinning and dodging and like just going and going and going. So I think that's my great thing. I could feel it. I could feel it happening. I could feel the loss of control. I could feel all of it coming. And he did a great job of calling me back. I did a great job of spinning, but spinning in a controlled enough manner where we didn't do a bunch of things that couldn't be undone. So spinning looked like overspending at a store and undoing it look like just returning it right it's okay you you went a little crazy that's okay let's walk it back let's return it because it wasn't everything that you thought it was you just got caught up in the moment and you know that's that's just the reality of people accepting the wholeness of you you accepting and not punishing that person right because hannah old hannah would have like hid that would have found ways to make it make sense even though it didn't make any sense at all um here's a great example some of the jeans that i bought this weekend were to me on sale fomo moment like oh no we're gonna miss out there's this big sale and so I like needed to stock up. There was just this feeling of like, no, stock, stock, stock. And today, those same jeans that were upwards of $20, right? And probably some of you are going, oh, wow, $20 for, that's not crazy. um, Right? It, it isn't, but it is when you essentially make no money. <laughs> so $20 is a, big, huge deal. And those same jeans that I paid $20 for today are $8. Yeah, cool. Go me. But, you know, I was able to sit back, realize that that wasn't a great deal. Look at the receipt, understand that I didn't, I didn't need to stock up because A, there may be better deals or B, like, do we even need that? Is that a gift that someone else can give? Is like, do I have to be the one doing that work? No, I certainly do not. And so that was, that was really my great thing from this weekend. Like recognizing in real time, not running away, not unacknowledging it, not pretending like it isn't happening, like recognizing in real time that. I I was starting to spin and allowing myself to be real enough to say, hey, you're spinning. Let's just slow down. Let's remove ourselves from the situation. Let's not keep going there. Like how do we save ourselves from that moment? So that's really my great thing. And I think it just, it really takes you allowing yourself to be that person Right. It's okay that I enjoy all of those things. This is good. It's good to enjoy life. I'm saying, um, but right. We have to like stay in control. We can't just spin like I was starting to. So that's a huge growth for me. Um, so I feel awesome about that. Okay. Take time today, recognize yourself for your great things. There are things that you're going to grow from that may not seem like big wins, like me returning a $20 pair of jeans, (laughs) seemingly insignificant, but huge, as I just talked you through it, huge growth. And I want you to recognize the fullness of all of your great things, you know, why is this a great thing, even though it may seem minute to someone else? Why is this a big deal to you? Because sometimes when we don't address and connect with the deepness of why that's a great thing, the deepness of the growth patterns that that shows, we kind of just go through the motions. So if your great things is becoming like very dry and check the box like I did my great thing I want you to dig a little bit deeper make sure that you're connecting connecting that growth pattern go deeper really think about it you don't have to say it all that loud you don't have to write it all right but like make sure that you're making that connection because sometimes that can transition and help you grow the practice definitely if you're feeling like oh yeah I got this down you can start to probably add in some intensity of the practice. And that can look like what I just did. Let's go ahead and connect the growth pattern there, right? Or is it something that would have triggered you before? Like talk through that. Why is this a great thing today? What is the significance? Why is this better than three months ago? Why is this better than a year ago? Go ahead and depth it a little bit let's get some depth in there to your great thing let's go okay so today we're talking about so all weekend and it was funny because my husband and I were driving and he's like what are you thinking about and now he can recognize when I'm like deep in thought and nowhere near him right and like I'm sitting physically right by him but my mind is like thinking about just something so deep within myself that I am three miles away from him. So he's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, oh, do you really want to know?" He's like, yeah, I'm like, well, here's my thought. We're We're talking about if my work, right, the death of a dream, this podcast, if it's if it's more of a sociology issue, Right? And research and study. Or is it more of a psychology issue? So in my mind, as I'm sitting here in the car while you're driving, I'm thinking about, is the response to the death of your dream social? Is the response to the death of your dream psychology, right? And, you know, to me it feels... Psychological in this realm of dreams are specifically tied to narratives. And so I guess this is what I want to start proving. It's like, it isn't just, right, your social response. It's so behavior-based. And when we cross over into behavior-based, that really feels more like psychology to me. And so that's, that's what I've been thinking about. And that's what I'm really thinking about. And so him and I had this debate of like, well, really everything stems from money. But then I start to challenge that because I'm like, if I'm really studying, like, I don't think people who, who have money necessarily chase their dreams and why, right? Because they have every opportunity they have. I've spoken to a lot of people who are much better off than me. Who, who were financially in a better position to take a risk like this and haven't. And so what's the difference? What is the X factor? What, like, that's what I wanted to know. That's what I've always wanted to know. And I decided to use myself as my first case study because I had kind of went along asking these questions of people like, oh, did you always want to be a secretary? Oh, did you always want to be a nurse? Like, what led you here? right? And a lot of people are living their lives led by the default, right? And so I started to explore that or started to just ask those questions, not in a like study participant type way that I'm talking about now, more as just a openly curious, what, why do you have those dreams? And so for me, when I started to explore my own story, I realized that I had the most, you know, I had went around talking to people about their dreams, but I didn't really have any of my own. I had some, right? But they were pretty weak. And so when I start to explore my own story, I start to cross over and examine, does, is privilege the reason that I went wrong, right? Like did I have too much access, but not enough? Like, am I in that middle ground where you really just have to accept default because you don't have enough to make it and you have too much to kind of bypass everything and be like a Cinderella story. And so that's kind of where I got lost. And so to me... That really was a constant narrative that was kind of preached early on to me. So when we start to ground ourselves there, and so these are all the things that I'm talking through with my husband, and certainly he stopped listening at some point because no one really has an interest in this. Certainly you probably have stopped listening as well. But this morning I woke up and I've been reading more on empathy and trying to deepen my connection with my... Empathetic nature, and and I think a lot of that that trauma, the loss of my empathy, came from just adulthood, my response to adulthood, but also from my childhood. And so today I want to kind of explore soul loss, and everything that I say on this podcast really probably is over dramatized because. I am an empath. <laughs> and so like I just trust I feel things deeper than most. If you've ever spoken to me, you probably realize this. if you've ever seen me coach or play a sport, or yeah, it's just it's just it's it's a lot. I'm a lot, okay? So when I was reading today, about retrieving your inner child and the importance of going back. And a lot of times creatives talk about the inner child and, and refinding, rediscovering that person and, and really finding that work. I found that finding my inner child was not only something that I needed to do in order to tap into creativity, but it was something that I had to do in order to fully understand my story and how I got here right? Because we can kind of bypass all of that and be like, oh, we were young. We didn't know anything. But once you explore that pain point, those pain points, usually they're deeper in their setting, right? And that emotional trauma over time develops and grows and we tie it to different things. But usually there are clues and usually they're all tied back to like that one instance. And so in the book that I'm reading, which is called lovingly. I don't want to be an empath anymore. Um, And that's by Aura North. She's talking about this idea, this idea that you, you got hurt somewhere. And at that point you decided if, if you could survive like that anymore, or if you couldn't. And that's, that's essentially soul loss. And so when I think about how that works with the death of your dream, you know, that moment, if it was traumatic enough, and like, for me, it was so many layers of loss all at the same time that it was extremely traumatic. And, you know, for anyone who like, you know, was going to move out to California and then maybe they had a child that was unexpected or... You know, fill in the freaking blank, right? So soul loss is what happens. And this is reading directly from, I don't want to be an empath anymore. Soul loss is what happens when a soul experiences trauma and a piece of the soul fractures and breaks off to protect itself from the pain of that trauma. And so for me, right, that was not Dreaming big it was too scary, especially in that moment, especially in that death of a dream moment. And I think sometimes, and I love the way that she talks about that, you know, it, it just breaks off. Like you just lose it. But eventually, right, we have to go rediscover that energy because it is energy. It's a, it's a source. The piece of the soul that fractures contains a vital energy that is necessary for the wholeness of Of the human life so we can't just pretend like it never happened and cover it up and never come back to it right no matter what it is whatever that point was and for me you know the death of my dream was just so scary and so sad and depressing that I just never wanted to go back to it like it just didn't happen. We're good here, but the moment that I did, right and I had to because I I felt like there was something not whole in my life anymore. The second that I did I could start acknowledging and healing from that and what I discovered is that it wasn't even that moment at nineteen right it was a moment at seven and that moment at seven really allowed me to trace back all of my steps and to realize exactly where I let go of that piece of me where did it die and start to heal and bring it back and she does go on to talk about how that moment in time right we get stuck and so when we go back and we find that piece of our soul that piece of our soul really is whatever age that that happened because we broke it off and we never like grew it with us. And so I think that we have to consider that those moments are going to have happened in time. And as we continue to nurse and grow them, it's going to take more work. And the younger that it happened, the deeper the trauma and the less growth and light that that piece of our soul has gotten and so even all of the growth if we haven't brought it along with us right we haven't been nurturing it the same way that we've been nurtur- nurturing everything else it definitely needs a lot more time and so i think i i feel so deeply about exploring those moments and knowing that if we don't go back to wherever that hurt, that loss, that death of a dream, if we don't go back there, right? And we don't want to because it just hurt. And and I think the scarier thing, honestly, is that we're scared that we're we're blaming people who probably don't deserve it. Right? Sometimes. But I still think that it's necessary. And it's not that you're going to write them a letter and send it to them and tell them, right? You don't have to go down that process, but I do think you have to start processing it. You have to start talking through it, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever that looks like for you to heal and process. But the biggest piece is acknowledging that somewhere along the line, right? Your soul died a little piece, right? And, and I get it, right? We're taught that it has to be this traumatic moment where we came back. But I think no matter what, if you didn't get a chance to live your dream out, as you imagined it, there was trauma there and a piece of your soul broke off. And it's time to start healing that, right? And so That's what I'm talking about as I'm starting to explore whether this is social or psychology, you know, I keep bouncing back and forth between the two. It's such a broad idea, but it is so based in trauma and loss and narratives that we assign after loss. And that those narratives impact our behavior, that therefore impact our identity and our association with our identity. And so much of our identity is caught up in how we dream. And so I think deepest, deepest acknowledgement and movement is really looking at that loss of soul. And so much of that work can be done exploring where your dream died. Like even go deeper than the like obvious, right? The obvious one for me was not becoming a division one athlete. As I continued to trace that back, like, is that the deepest, right? And so what I discovered is that early on at seven I assign myself these false narratives. And so those narratives informed an entire lifetime of decisions that really weren't up to me. And so the exploration of that, the bringing of that piece of my soul to regain that energy, the bringing of that back really took disassembling and talking through that kind of, Darkness, that shadow side that moment in time that really struck me right and so there are like these deep dark portions of my soul that were still living back in that moment the only way to recover from that really is walking myself through those moments and not avoiding them anymore and for me avoidance wasn't like blatant, right? Sorry, anyone who's on camera here. We're having some power issues. I gotta get I gotta get the power back on. Okay. So recent, recent. Here we go. Here we go. So anyone who's who's struggling, right? And you're like feeling loss or you're feeling loss of energy or like passion or whatever I want you to start thinking about soul loss as a whole like where has your soul experienced trauma where did a piece of that person die how do we get them back and one of the most revitalizing ways for me was to start just talking that story out right talking it out writing it out, experiencing that, talking with other people who have experienced that, a similar um, experience to mine, starting to do work with that because it's always been something that I've been interested in. But more than anything, it was, you know, finding what those misguiding narratives were and helping to disrupt and disprove them. And so a lot of us are just guided by narratives and they're either positive ones or negative ones. And a lot of times, if we have built narratives from a trauma point, right? And that's what we're talking about. The soul loss is from trauma. If we built narratives from that trauma point, there's a chance that our lives have been misguided. Right? I know that sounds really scary and it sounds so dramatic and I promised you at the beginning of this that it would be because we don't mess around here. Like the title of this podcast is The Death of a Dream. If there's a more dramatic title, I haven't heard it and I don't want to. Okay? We go all in. All the way in. It's dramatic and it is meant to be. Because I think without acknowledging that moment as that dramatic, it's hard to fully understand and process that there was trauma that was done in that moment. And there was. Think about it. Think about when you realized, like the exact moment, I want you to call yourself into your body at the exact moment where you realized that whatever you had planned wasn't going to happen. What was going through your head? What did you tell yourself every day after that to make it okay? What are you still doing to make it okay? How are you coping with the trauma of that moment? Right? Think about it. And the deeper, the loss, the more trauma that your soul experienced because dreams, are your soul right they're your passion those things don't come from your head they come from your heart which means if somewhere that broke if somewhere you were told no and you had to take the no like there was no other option then a piece of you died right and I want us to start thinking about how we bring that person back to life. And it has to be that extreme. It does because you're, you're going on a rescue mission, rescue mission. Wow. (laughs) You're going on a rescue mission of yourself prior of yourself currently. And that takes a whole lot of acknowledgement that you have been and it doesn't even have to come from a person. It doesn't even have to come from any one single action. I want you to retrace all of that. And yes, we're acknowledging that the death of your dream broke a piece of your soul, but we can't just leave it broken and floating around, right? We have to regain that energy. We have to bring that piece of our soul back into play. We can't Keep that piece on the bench forever. It is vital. This is not a professional podcast. Welcome. (laughs) We've sneezed. We've gotten all up in charges today. We have laughed. We have grown. We got serious. Then we had to call ourselves back and remember that we're not even all that serious or professional. (laughs) Like, welcome. This is real. This is me. This is how this podcast is supposed to work. And no matter how many people try to get me to clean it up and to edit out sneezes and to fix it, like, I just want you, you as a listener to get to experience the fullness of who I am as a person, sneezes, giggles, laughs, saying words backwards once in a while, like, let's just go there. We don't live in a perfect world. And it would be crazy for me to present myself as that because I'm not. And no one is. So you get the sneezes. You're welcome. You get the giggles. You're welcome. (laughs) You get the words rescue mission, right? Or rescue mission, whatever that was supposed to be. Either way, you get real raw experiences. (laughs) But today I want us to start processing that pieces of your soul are floating around and you owe it to yourself to regain the energy from those pieces, start to heal them, start to process them as a trauma, right? As a soul loss and start to discover all the places that that happened and start the road to the healing of that trauma as always you're smart you're strong you're beautiful what are you gonna do change the world hey want to check out more on the death of a dream and on me your host uh you can head over to hannahness.com that's where you'll find everything everything that there is to know about me, the work that I do, and about where the death of a dream comes from. We have blog posts there. You can sign up for the newsletter, which is basically just a guide on how you navigate through the things that we talk about every week. So head over there. You can also find all of my beautiful guests over on my Instagram. We have YouTube. We have the book. We got all the things. If you want to connect, you have questions, you need more help than we've given you on the podcast, go ahead and head over there. I'd love to connect with you.